Next on BYU Sports Nation, start spreading the news. BYU basketball headed back to New York City for the NIT Final Four. ESPN College Hoops analyst Fran Fraschilla joins us to discuss last night's win and what a trip to New York City means for BYU moving forward. Plus, junior Kyle Davis scored 18 last night. What impressed him the most about this BYU team and swimmer Jake Taylor from the NCAA Championships? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. We are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, March 23rd, wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the always fashionable Jason Shepard. I'm just glad you didn't wear the same exact jacket as me today. It was, but here's the thing. Most of the time we're going to wear something with a BYU logo on it, so the chances of that happening are pretty high. That's true. That's, maybe that's why Jerem always goes with the plaid. He doesn't wear a he, ton of BYU stuff on, on yeah, the show. Yeah, he does. He, goes, he, he wears the plaid a lot. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a lumberjack. <laughs> a rainbow lumberjack? <laughs> yes, indeed. He's got that shirt. What up? At P underscore Norton, who dubbed that for Jerem Jordan. Uh, by the way, if you missed the game last night, one, how dare you? And two, it was so loud. I believe Jamal Williams, and who else was it, used the verb turnt? <laughs> it was, yeah, Johnny Linehan. Johnny Linehan. Yeah, both of them used the phrase <laughs> yesterday, and I'm like, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. It's turnt. T-U-R-N-T. Which apparently the young bucks like to use. The kids, or, or the kids love it. The Merritt Center is lit. Yeah, I think, I think Jamal's tweet was, it's great, because he had, had head coach Kalani Satake right behind him. He's like, it's great to, when you know your head coach is just as turnt as you are. <laughs> Kalani Satake again in the Roar of Cougars student section, dancing with Jamal Williams. A ton of the football team were there. They were giving the Creighton basketball players a hard time. It was, it was a really fun atmosphere. Good signs in the rock again. My favorite one said simply, and I quote, Pac-12, dot, 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 L-O-L. <laughs> the laugh track makes it sound so not funny, but it really was funny. Well played, Rock. The crowd last night was fantastic. It got brought up multiple times by the broadcasters just how loud that place got. Good grief. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fueled by that crowd, BYU men's basketball beat Creighton last night 88-82. Five different Cougars scored in double figures. Zach Selyus, the freshman, led the way with 19. He was 5 for 6 from the three-point line. Kyle Collinsworth, warrior, battled through the flu. He had 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. He was absolutely fantastic tonight. And with that win over Creighton, that sends BYU to the NIT Final Four at Madison Square Garden in New York next Tuesday night. They will face Valparaiso. That game can be seen on ESPN. ESPN's Fran Fraschilla called the game last night. He will join us on BYU Sports Nation in about 12 minutes to talk about what he saw last night, what it means for BYU getting to the NIT Final Four. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake not only was watching basketball last night, but he's also preparing for the upcoming football season. He said both Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams will participate in Sunday, Saturday's scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They will have, we'll have a spring game special Saturday, 6 Eastern, with post-scrimmage interviews and highlights. Here is Kalani Satake addressing specifically Taysom Hill. 
it'll be more like a scrimmage. We'll try to see how many plays we can get out there, and it'll be competitive, you know. But we'll have we'll have uh, you know some uh, good warm up, and then we'll have a, a good portion of it be skelly, so we can get Taysom involved as well, and and then we'll see how uh, the scrimmage part goes. There you have it, Kalani Satake on Taysom Hill, the quarterback. The scrimmage goes down on Saturday, 4 Eastern time, even though you can't watch that. Two Mountain time, <laughs> so mostly it's for the locals. However, you can watch the spring game special, BYU Sports Nation. Again, that's at 6 Eastern. And softball beat UVU yesterday 8 to nothing in the home opener at Gale Miller Field. The Cougars scored in every inning, and freshman Libby Sugg hit her 14th home run. That ranks third in the country. We're going to push our interview with Fran Fraschilla ahead about five minutes. He'll join us in just a moment on BYU Sports Nation again to recap last night's game. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. What three by Nick There's a reason you can barely hear ESPN's Roxy Bernstein right there. Because it was so loud. Zach Selyus knocking down one of his five three-pointers last night. BYU basketball outlasting Creighton by six points to advance to the NIT Final Four in New York. Anytime we can get a Taylor Swift lyric into uh, this show... You feel you, like, I feel like we're having a good day. You feel like you've done your job. Yeah. You're such a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> T-Swift, man, me and Tanner Mangum, let's go. <laughs> the Cougars' second trip to Madison Square Garden in the last four years, by the way. Number one seed Valparaiso awaits BYU next Tuesday night in the Big Apple. Now, the ticket to one of the most famous arenas in the world did not come without some remarkable team and individual performances from BYU last night and from some unlikely sources, if you will. So take your pick with our Twitter question. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? Our first tweet coming in from uh, at BYUTeddyBear89 starts out with heart. It's capitalized with four exclamation points. You okay. know it's serious. All right. It says they were not going to lose with or without Kyle Collinsworth. He said Kyle Davis really stepped up, and we are NYC bound. BYU was down by 12 early. They fought back. Again, we'll get into the dynamics of that game with Kyle Davis, who will join us. Right now we are joined by ESPN College basketball analyst Fran Fraschilla, who called the BYU-Creighton game in the NIT quarterfinals last night courtside. Fran, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, Spencer. Glad to be on with you guys. What was the most impressive aspect from your perspective courtside of BYU's win over Creighton last night? Uh, the crowd. You know, honestly, is. I, I thought it was a phenomenal crowd. Uh, when you get to the NIT, as I've seen it so many times before, it's a, it, the, the disappointment of not getting in the NCAA tournament is palpable to start the tournament. Then you win a game, and you win another game, and then you realize, hey, one more game, and we get to go to New York City and play in Madison Square Garden. Uh, and I thought the crowd was electric last night. And, uh, of course, not surprised, having coached at the Marriott Center before as a as an opposing coach. So, uh, you know, I thought, and I thought, I think that the, uh, the other thing I thought was Kyle Collinsworth, just, just being out on the court and playing. Uh, I'm old enough to remember Willis Reed uh, as a New York Knicks fan, you know, playing in game seven of the uh, NBA finals. And it wasn't quite the same drama, but just for Kyle to be out there and, and have his teammates 
know that uh, he was going to give everything he had in his game at the Marriott Center. That was pretty cool, too. And as a broadcaster, that's something I'm going to remember for a long time. Fran, Creighton came out and played extremely well to start things off. Huff was unbelievable early. They had a 12-point lead, and then something changed, and BYU started to find its rhythm. In your opinion, what changed at that point? Well, at the eight-minute timeout, uh, Dave Rose went to a zone, and they never got out of the zone for the next 32 minutes. And I thought that really uh, – and, and at the same time, Cole Huff, who was on fire – picked up his uh, second foul, I believe. And, and of course, if you're going to play a zone uh, and all of a sudden the team's best shooter is going to be sitting on the bench with foul trouble, that, that kind of worked out in spades, I thought, for, uh, for the Cougars. It was a great coaching decision. Sometimes you make a decision like that and, uh, you know, the opposing team hits a couple threes and you're out of the zone quickly. But they stayed in the zone because it was very effective and uh, – you know, I think the proof was in the pudding. The next 32 minutes, it was much more difficult for, uh, uh, you know, for Creighton to score. ESPN college basketball analyst and a coach for 23 years, Fran Fraschilla, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline on BYU Sports Nation. You called the semifinal game between BYU and Gonzaga in Las Vegas with Brent Musburger, and that was an unbelievable atmosphere with both Zag and BYU fans. Gonzaga, of course, outlasting BYU and then going on to win the West Coast Conference Tournament. But is there, is there a major difference that you see from the BYU team you watched last night going back to the team you watched play against Gonzaga, or, or is just the competition level changed? No, I, I don't think there's a major difference. Um, I, I think that uh, what we found out really in the WCC tournament, of course, I follow the tournament, but obviously I'm, I'm immersed in Big 12 conference play at ESPN, but... Uh, I was impressed with the level of play of the top three teams in the WCC. Uh, granted, St. Mary's got beat on the road last night by a good Valpo team, but just to see what Gonzaga's doing right now, it tells you that those three teams at the top of the league all, you know, all were very, very evenly matched. And you know, there's there's no question that BYU got gotten into the tournament, and got the right draw that they they could be playing this weekend in the Sweet 16. So I don't see a noticeable change in, at all in the way uh, the Cougs are playing. Other than the fact that they were, you know, they were fortunate to get these games at home, which really helped them because of the crowd. But they're a dangerous team. I, I, I love their offensive schemes. Uh, you know, they have a style that is, is obviously fun to watch. The talent level fits the style because of the way they shoot the ball. And uh, you know, last night they played a good opponent who'd been actually tied for third in the Big East until the final weekend of the uh, Big East regular season. And uh, they did it without their, you know, their most important guy and one of the most important players in the country. So, I don't. I think that gave, the last night's game gave uh, got to give those players a lot of confidence to know that Kyle wasn't at his best and that they still could uh, prevail. Well, one player that was was pretty close to at his best was the freshman Zach Selius. He had a pretty special night last night. He's obviously getting ready to go on his uh, his church mission to uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, in the next couple of months. What did you think of the true freshman's performance last night, going five of six from three? Well, I was impressed with him in the in the WCC tournament. Coming into that tournament, obviously to prepare, you watch a lot of tape, and you you know you know you know about Chase Fisher, and you know about Nick Emery, but uh, didn't know much about Zach coming into the WCC. And it, it was apparent that he's had a very good freshman year. And then last night, you know, and I mentioned it on the air. I said the only bad part about this is Cook uh, fans are not going to see him for two years, but uh, but he was fabulous. He really was, and. 
Uh, I think I could get him a pickup game on his on his preparation day, you know, with George <laughs> Niang. I've already talked to George and Monte Morris. He's going to Des Moines. I got some friends there, but uh, no, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch him, uh, you know, in the future. And you know, think about it, guys. By the time he comes back, that's going to be a seasoned team, you know, with uh, with Emery and Hawes and and uh, and Mika and uh, you know Yoli Childs. It's going to be fun. But but uh, good memory uh, for Kook fans to see Zach go out uh, like that because he's got a chance to be a really, really good player. ESPN's Fran Fraschella with us on BYU Sports Nation. I don't know how much time you've had to look at Valpo or how much basketball you've seen that team play this year under Bryce Drew, but what can you tell us off the top of your head about Valparaiso and what kind of a team BYU will see in New York? You know, uh, it's interesting. Very similar to Creighton and BYU. Really good offensive team. Guys that can score, uh, uh, Alec Peters is a terrific player. He's a 6'9 kid who can play both outside and inside. Uh, they've got a shot blocker in the middle, which is unusual for a team at that level, uh, Fernandez. And um, just a well-coached team, uh, particularly well-coached offensively uh, with good schemes. And, uh, you know, Dave Rose told me how much he, he enjoyed preparing for Creighton because, um, you know, their offensive philosophy was similar to uh, – to the Cougs, and I think he's going to find a you know a similar type matchup. So, team's got 29 wins, uh, which is you know a heck of a lot of wins, obviously. And uh, I'll be studying them the next few days. I'll be in New York covering the game, so I'm excited about you know seeing that matchup between uh, and Valpo and uh, and BYU. Fran, at most, Kyle Collinsworth has two more games in a BYU uniform before his career is over. Do you believe that Collinsworth has a spot on an NBA roster? Is there a spot for him in the NBA? It's going to be. It's going to be. Let me put it this way: He's an acquired taste for NBA teams. The one thing uh, that does set him back is just that inability to consistently make those outside shots, but. He is absolutely getting a chance. Uh, he'll be in the summer league in Las Vegas with a team. Uh, he'll get every opportunity to prove himself. And uh, he does so many great things to help you win that it wouldn't shock me. But that would be the one thing Kyle's got to improve on and uh, overcome. And it may not happen in year one. You know, it may be a type of situation where, he, you know, he hones it and I don't know if he's going to, you know, if, if it's not the NBA, whether he would stay around playing the D League or go overseas. But he is one of, if not the most unique players in college basketball because it's almost unheard of for a guy to be a, a school's all time career assist leader and all time leading rebounder, especially at a school with uh, that's produced so many great players. So. Uh, he'll get the opportunity, but at the same time, he's been just an absolute pleasure to watch. And uh, you know, last night he stuck around to give us a post-game interview, and it was it was amazing. You know, he was he had run out of gas, and uh, there's no question in my mind. Ninety minutes after the game, he was going to be back home in bed. At one point, <laughs> I, I I saw something come across the the Twitter machine about something. Yes, you... I said it. Oh, said oh, it friend. Was... Friend, it was fantastic. It made me laugh out loud for about five minutes with the Johnny Manziel comparison. Oh, you know, it's funny. when He he makes the free throw, and uh, he turned around, and he and it was good-natured bantering between him and Maurice Watson. And can't remember who else. It might have been Emery or, or Chase Fisher at the top of the key behind the free throw line. And when he turned around, he had that pale look on his face. And the, you could see from where I was the bleary eyes. And he looked like... 
he did. He looked like he'd been on an all-night bender, you know. And, <laughs> I, and and uh, and obviously that's not the case. We know that, but uh, it, it, it was so much fun to see that because you know he had that look on his face, like I can't believe I'm out here doing doing this. You know, I should be home in bed. But uh, to his credit, he was out there, and uh, you know, even with the flu, he had I think ten points and six rebounds in limited minutes. So. That tells you all you need to know about them. Fran, anytime a team doesn't get into the NCAA tournament, and that's your goal, it's disappointing initially. But now that BYU has gotten on this role and playing really well, what does a trip to the NIT Final Four do for Dave Rose and this BYU program moving forward? Well, it's fabulous. And um, someone asked me, would you rather go to the NIT Finals or play in the NCAA tournament as a coach and a player? And the obvious answer is you want to be in the NCAA tournament, even if you go out in the first round. Sure. It's, just, it's the goal of the season. You know, you start talking about it in August. But when it's not realistic, the next goal is to keep playing as long as you can. And the carrot at the end of the stick for teams in the NIT every season is to go to New York City uh, to get, you know, a free trip to, uh, you know, one of the great cities of the world to play in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, as it's been described. Um, you're with your buddies. You're with your families. You got to create some more basketball memories that you know, you'll have for a lifetime. And you got to win a championship. And, you know, next week, other than maybe this, I don't even know who's left in the CIT and, uh, you know, those other small tournaments. Next week, there's only eight you know, major, you know, big, you know, eight teams playing, four in the Final Four and four in the NIT Final Four in New York. And uh, it's a great consolation prize. And it's a way to keep adding wins to your schedule. You know, BYU is now up at, what, 26 or 27. And it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it, it could be a great way to cap uh, the season and uh, send these seniors out with great memories. And for guys like Celius uh, and Emery, uh, some of the younger younger guys coming back, Jordan Chapman. It's a chance to, uh, you know, to maybe get a little bit more playing experience and, and pressure situations that are going to lead to more success in the future. Fran, a pleasure to talk to you. We appreciate you taking time in your busy schedule, and thank you for uh, watching out for Zach in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> uh, guy, I'm going to call my man George Niang uh, after he's done with the tournament because uh, I know he's not supposed to play much, and I know he's got that one day. And had, from what I've been told, it's only half court basketball. That that's is what my. Uh, that's in the rule book, Joe. Yep. All right. Well, you know what? There's nobody better in the half court than George Niang. I think we can get Zach some <laughs> some some good one on one stuff. But uh, no, I know he's going to. Obviously, he's going to serve his mission well, and uh, I look forward to seeing him come back in a couple of years. And uh, future's bright for the for uh, Coug basketball because of uh, some of these young guys that are coming into the program. Fran, great to talk to you. Safe travels, and uh, we'll see you in New York on ESPN. Sounds great, guys. Look forward to it. Fran Fraschilla on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He called the game, and I thought, I thought he was very fair to the situation. Obviously, you want to get into the NCAA tournament, but in an NIT format, why not? He called it a great consolation prize. It's, an, it's a fabulous consolation prize to have to go, to get to go to Madison Square Garden. And as you said, the carrot at the end is to be able to go to New York. Free trip to New York and keep playing basketball. More thoughts on BYU Creighton and their trip to the Final Four in New York next. 
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, also live on BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this very minutia on Twitter. Does that even make sense? I'm not sure that that was the right one. Yeah, whatever. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm trying to come up with different things to say. Just trying to mix it up. There's this nothing second, wrong this millisecond. with trying to mix it this up a hundredth bit. of a second. Whatever. Nothing wrong at all. Join BYU Sports Nation on Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time after the football scrimmage for a spring special right here on BYU TV. We'll have highlights from the game plus interviews with players and coaches, including the head man himself. Kalani Satake. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? We just talked to ESPN college basketball analyst and expert Fran Frischella. He said two things. One, the crowd, which I thought was dynamite. And secondly, the fact that Kyle Collinsworth played even though he had the flu and he was clearly hurting. Played 20 minutes, still put up 10 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Another solid stat line for BYU's point guard. You can download the podcast on iTunes to listen to that entire conversation with Fran Frischilla. Again, on iTunes or the TuneIn app, also on the DVR function on BYUSN.com. Now, I do want to go back to something that we didn't get a chance to discuss, Jason, and that is yesterday on the show, we need to pat Jerem Jordan on the back. Because he said if Kyle is sick, Kyle Collinsworth, and can't play at full capacity, which clearly was the case last night, he felt like Kyle Davis was the guy that needed to step up. And throughout the course of the game, he kept saying, eh? Eh? (laughs) He wasn't going to let you forget that. each basket. Kyle Davis scored 18 points. He'll join us in about 10 minutes in Studio B to talk about his mindset. But yeah, Kyle Davis played a huge role. The bigs, along with Corbin Kafusi, they were huge for BYU in the first half. See, that was the most impressive aspect of the game for me last night, was BYU did not start out like we're typically seeing them, with the, you know, the guards hitting the shots and, and the offense going through the guards. I mean, they were taking the shots, they just weren't falling. And BYU found themselves down 12. But in the meantime, you mentioned it, Kyle Davis, Corbin Kafusi, these guys kept BYU in this game. They kept them close, and then eventually the rest of the team started to come around. You started to get Zach Selyus getting hot, and then Nick Emery, and Chase Fisher, and Kyle Collinsworth when he came in. But I thought that the ability of the bigs to be a force early and keep BYU close I think that was the most impressive part of the game for me. Zach Sayos was the crowd insider, if you will. He hit a couple of threes, and the roof was blown off the building, and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, this place is, in Jamal Williams and Johnny Linhan's words, turnt up. <laughs> it was so loud. Okay, So the three-pointers got things going, but you're right. The consistent inside scoring in the first half kind of kept BYU hanging around and didn't let things get too out of control in favor for Creighton. Kyle Davis spoke specifically about how the team was approaching this game, knowing that their leader and their triple-double machine, Kyle Collinsworth, was not 100%. Listen to this. You know, Casey obviously is our best player. He's our leader. He's the player of the year. But, uh, you know, we all just kind of rallied around him. We said Kyle's not going to be able to maybe be like he is normally, so we just tried to step up, do it for him, get there. He's done so much for us Uh, all season. It was just a... A good opportunity for us to to pay him back. Clearly it impacted the way Kyle Davis was looking at the game, knowing that, hey, we need to take an increased role. Again, he'll join us in a few minutes in Studio B. Well, and the the offense was different. I mean, it runs differently when you don't have your 6'5 point guard out there that that does what he does and is is point forward. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the other part about it is 
one of the many reasons that I was glad BYU won that game last night, I did not want that to be Kyle Collinsworth's last game. Can you imagine for him personally I didn't to, even think about to that. have felt like that and to not be at his best? Let's say they lose that game. That would have, you, I mean, you know him, you know him better than I do. That would have eaten at him, I've got to imagine, that he wasn't able to be at his best in that game. He wouldn't want that being his lasting impression in his final game at BYU. So I was so glad that the team won. Now he's got you know several days to get better, should be 100% by the time they play in New York City. I was really happy for Kyle Collinsworth that he's not going to have to have that in his memory as his final game. At BYU. Yeah, happy for all of the seniors that they get a chance to go to a big-time venue, Madison Square Garden. So Chase Fisher, who was good again late, his consistency seems to get better as the game progresses. Nate Austin will get another chance. And again, pat Jerem on the back because he called Kyle Davis as the guy that needed to step up. So well done, Jerem. That's the last time you'll ever hear me say those words on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. But it's a rare occasion. Hey, you know what? When, when it's due, it's due. You know what? When they deserve it, Give him the props. At Gordy Oliver tweeted in, Kyle Davis must have watched the show yesterday and heard Jerem Jordan call him out. Great game. Perhaps. I don't know if Kyle would ever admit that, but who knows. Now, the one thing I mentioned yesterday was that BYU needed to make three-pointers, and I didn't care who it was, to take some pressure off of Collinsworth, who was not going to be himself, and he wasn't. And I specifically said, 38% or better, and BYU 100% will win this game. Well, sure enough, BYU... 38.1% as a team, led by Zach Selyus in his 5 of 6. They do enough. They win by 6, 88-82. And Zach Selyus did not look like a freshman last night. Don't take my word for it. Take Dave Rose's. Zach, Zach was really good tonight. He grew up, took a huge role. Uh, I mean, this, this is a, a tremendous game for anybody, let alone you know a first-year player. My spidey senses feel a stat of the day coming on, Jason. Ooh. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Selyus is shooting 51.5% from three. <laughs> Folks, he's 67 for 130. Good grief. He's a freshman. He was nailed. He's been nails all season, but last night, five of six, he was great. We couldn't find the metrics to like compare all players that have attempted at least 130 attempts, but we did find 150 attempts. So if Zach and his 51.5% were at 150 attempts, and he's close, that would be number one in the entire country. How good has Zach Selyus been from behind the three-point line in his freshman season? It's, honestly, it's, it's almost automatic. When he shoots... You expect it to go in. That's not always the case for true freshmen coming into a program. He had seven rebounds last night, too. And, and that's we haven't even talked about that. He's a disruptive defender. Like, Didn't Nick Emery have seven rebounds as well last night? I don't know how many Nick had. but it, maybe, who just, am I rem- I'm maybe misremembering. Missing. It was Nick Emery. He Nick had, Emery seven, had rebounds seven rebounds as well. Okay, so the guard line, huge. Making threes, grabbing rebounds. And I said this last night on Twitter as well. Zach Selyus... Ironically enough, reminds me of a guy I watched play at Creighton and for the Utah Jazz, Kyle Korver. They're both 6'7". They both have a very specific skill set shooting the ball from deep. 
But maybe Zach's a better rebounder. I don't know. If you can do that consistently, there is a spot in the NBA for a guy like Zach Selyus because he's long and he can shoot. The only, the biggest difference is that Selyus doesn't look like Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> that's the biggest, that's the real difference between the two. That is so true, yes. <laughs> Kyle Korver's doppelganger is Ashton Kutcher. If you have not seen it. Yeah, it's just Google those two names, and I guarantee a million scary. pictures will show up next to each other. <laughs> it is amazing how close they look to one another. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. We want more of your thoughts. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. At ZGolden715 said, I said it before. I'll say it again. Celius for president. He was absolutely clutch. Who would be his running mate? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Who do you go, who do you go with the I running don't know. mate? He's going to Iowa, which is always a hotbed state for politics. A- so. Absolutely. <laughs> if he can Maybe find we'll somebody Kyle there. Davis that. Who should be his running mate? <laughs> Kyle's, he's Kyle's the, the political, political correspondent. We'll ask, we'll ask him who Zach Celius's running mate should be. No kidding. Kyle Davis of BYU basketball is such a p- politics junkie. Like, he is our BYUSM political correspondent. He might have been affected. He might have been super amped up last night because of the caucuses. Okay, we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, at BYU Loss F Jazz. And I have a, a special place in my heart because I tweeted something out very similar to this last night. Uh, he said, Celius, two exclamation points. I know he's leaving soon, but he was on a different mission last night. Oh, was he ever. Oh, yeah. Play on words. Celius. 51.5% from the three-point line. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we're joined by a man who scored 18 points for BYU last night, the man that Jerem Jordan said needed to step up, and he did. Kyle Davis in Studio B. He's also bringing that political flair. You don't want to go anywhere. (laughs) KD on the show next. Welcome back on a Wednesday. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard broadcasting in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The 18-2 BYU baseball team begins a three-game series against LMU tomorrow night at Miller Park. Mike Rucker will take the mound for the Cougars Thursday and Friday's games can be seen on BYU TV both at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Does Michael or Mike Rucker prefer Michael or Mike? Mike. I asked him. He prefers Mike. So he prefers Mike. From this point on, we will refer... To him as Mike yes. Rucker. Mike Rucker it is. When you're 4-0 as a starting pitcher, you get whatever you want <laughs> yeah. from the media. Okay, Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Basketball beat Creighton last night, 88-82. Five different Cougars scored in double figures, led by Zach Selyus. He had 19. Kyle Davis had 18. He'll join us in Studio B in about 60 seconds. And BYU's win over Creighton sends the Cougars to the NIT Final Four at Madison Square Garden in New York City next Tuesday night. They will face Valparaiso, and that game can be seen on ESPN. It will either begin at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 p.m. Eastern Time. That's still to be determined. BYU football coach Kalani Satake said that both Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams will participate in Saturday's scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYUSN will have a spring game special, 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain, with plenty of interviews and highlights from that game. And softball beat UVU yesterday 8 to nothing in the home opener at Gale Miller Field. The Cougars on a tear scored in every inning. I'm glad the softball team wrapped up that mercy rule in five innings because it allowed <laughs> me to get to the basketball game almost on time. When I got there, BYU was down 16-5, to came back 1-6. by six. Joining us now is Kyle Davis back in Studio B. 
junior forward or center. What do you prefer? Do you want to be a forward? Yes, be a forward. Okay. Yeah. We'll make Kyle Davis a forward today, but you're also our BYUSN political correspondent. <laughs> Were you distracted by the caucuses Good. last night, Kyle? <laughs> I, I was focused in. I was focused in on the game, but I uh, was curious about it when it ended. We yeah. were waiting for you to come out with yeah. an I voted sticker on your <laughs> I should have, shouldn't I? Like to have, have somebody like, you can't wear that. You're going to have to take that off. <laughs> How much did you notice the crowd last night? Fran Fraschilla just talked to us and said he thought that that was the most impressive thing about last night's game was just how crazy loud and involved the crowd was. How much did you notice it? You know, I actually noticed it a lot. There were times it was so loud we couldn't, uh, trying to tell Fish that there was a guy coming into his area in our zone. I, I knew he couldn't even hear me, so it wasn't, it was almost, it was pointless to do it, but it was a blast. That crowd was great. Everyone was so loud, so engaged, just really from the from the tip. And, you know, we, we had that stretch where we fell down, but they stayed with us, and it was, it was a blast to play in front of them. We played a soundbite from you talking about Kyle Collinsworth in our previous segment. Was your mentality in the game last night any different knowing that situation? You know, I, for me, I tried to just be a little bit more aggressive, try to, to, to find my shot a little bit more because, you know, Kyle was, was very sick. I mean, that was uh, the most sick I've ever seen someone and, and try to play a game throughout oh, my career. He was very sick. So, you know, I just wanted to go out there and help our team win. And Casey's been our guy. He's been the player of the year. So we wanted to do it for him, get a win, and uh, excited to go to New York now. Do you think that the team, almost in a way, it was advantageous knowing that that mental edges are like, we all need to be awesome tonight? What, did it help in a weird way? Well, actually, I, that's an interesting way to think about it. I don't know if it necessarily helped, but everyone realized. Because, I mean, ideally you'd love going in knowing that your best player is going to be playing. Yes. But, uh, but no, it was, it was an opportunity for us all to step up, really look to what we could give individually and collectively as a team to win. and. You know, Kyle did play great, though, in the time that he was in there. 20 minutes of, of really great basketball. So, But uh, in the time that he wasn't there, Nick did so well running the point, just keeping us poised, getting us into our offense, running good plays. Zach, obviously, played incredible, and Chase just caught fire like, like he always does. So it was a great overall team effort. Corbin kept us in at the beginning of the game. There was just so many guys that did good things that were able to, to make up for maybe – the triple-double Kyle would have got if he played 40. (laughs) Our Twitter question today was, what was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? And you touched on a lot of things. If I ask you that question, from your perspective, what was the most impressive aspect of what you guys were able to accomplish last night? You know, I think it's just uh, being able to come back from that adversity. Kyle wasn't at practice over the the two days that we were uh, preparing, talking about shoot-around the morning before and then practice on Monday. He wasn't there, and it, it's a mental thing we had to overcome. And guys, like we talk, just talked about, really did come out and play well. And then uh, impressive just seeing Kyle play. You know, it gave us motivation, gave us energy to see him. Uh, really, really sick, but but being there and wanting to win. So it was, it was a great experience for both of those reasons, I say. It was the most impressive thing. One thing I haven't brought up on the show today is the lack of foul trouble from BYU last night. I think three guys had three fouls. Nobody got into foul trouble. Was, I mean, is that just by circumstance, by chance, or, or was there like a concerted effort, like, we cannot get in foul trouble tonight? You know, that wasn't a concerted thing. I don't think Coach ever talked about that in particular, but yesterday I, th- I felt like we did a good job at guarding without fouling people on the wings, and then when they would get in, the big guys were just jumping straight up, just trying to contest it, but not swiping to get the fouls, and fortunately, we were able to get them in some foul trouble. Their big guy still had a good game. We were able to get him in some foul trouble, so it was good to to not be on the receiving end of a lot of calls yesterday. Kyle Davis joining us here on BYU Sports Nation, coming off his 18-point performance last night in a win over Creighton, and with that win, you guys now will move on 
to New York City. And anytime a team gets into the NIT, the goal is always to make it to Madison Square Garden. Well, now that you guys have done that, what does that mean to this team? You know, when, when we lost Gonzaga, it was a, it was a pretty depressing uh, time for about a week until we found out what we were going to play in. Uh, you know, it just got us excited again. Just know that we were going to play a couple games in the Marriott Center. Fortunately, we got three, but then the opportunity to to go on playing Madison Square Garden. I just love the the fact that we were dealt kind of a tough hand, struggled, didn't didn't quite accomplish what we wanted to, but then are just making the most of it and just taking advantage of this opportunity. And we're looking forward to this. It was our goal to get to New York, and now that we're there, we just want to keep winning. Has this team, in any specific way, grown over the past two weeks from? I mean, talk about a range of emotions from the disappointment and kind of depression that you felt of not getting into the NCAA tournament, now going to Madison Square Garden. Has there been a kind of a, a tangible growth element that you've noticed? Yeah, I think so. Just uh, being able to deal with that disappointment, being able to deal with uh, things not turning out exactly how you wanted it to, but being able to quickly change. We got into practice, and when we found out Sunday night that we were going to be playing UAB, we got in the next Monday, and guys were just excited. It was just time to, to move on and, and make the most of what we could and enjoy the opportunity to play again in front of our fans. And uh, The possibility of playing in New York is, is a cool incentive to play in Madison Square Garden, so we were all looking forward to that and now just want to make it a week-long trip. Well, now we were looking on Twitter, and we looked at your Twitter page, and we noticed that the last time you actually tweeted something was the Gonzaga game in Spokane. <laughs> so is a trip to Madison Square Garden enough to get you to, to tweet again? Probably, Maybe about the experience. Probably. I should probably download the app again. I, uh, <laughs> it, it's been deleted for a temporary time. But, yeah, I should probably get it back. Maybe we can send out some tweets. Okay. Well, well we got Quincy Lewis to guarantee us that he would send out his first tweet ever. Oh, wow. At midcourt from Madison Square Garden if you guys got to the NIT Final Four. And you did. So now he's going to do it. So you need to make sure that he okay. takes care of that. All right. At shoot-around, we'll make sure I he know does that Kyle it. Chilton, he's with us in the studio. But he'll, he'll make sure that that happens. Why, why, okay. why, doesn't, why don't you tweet about Coach Lewis's tweet? Yeah, I'll do. We'll, we'll like blow tweet a picture of that. him yeah, tweeting. Like the inception of tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Davis with us on BYU Sports Nation. Scored 18 points last night as BYU beat Creighton and are headed back to the Big Apple in Madison Square Garden in the NIT Final Four where they will take on a number one seed in Valparaiso. Have you seen anything on Valparaiso at this point? I know that you won last night. Is there? Do you know anything at this point? So I know that they've had a great year. Coach talked about how they won their, I think, 29th game last night. So clearly a great team, probably one of those teams that just barely didn't get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, but as far as watching them, no, we, we don't know much. But uh, we'll get in and start starting tomorrow. We'll be watching film, getting ready for them, and preparing to, to have a great game because they're a great team. It'll be a, a fun, fun battle, and we're looking forward to it. We'll finish with this, Kyle. What's more stressful, preparing to be a dad and you're going to be a dad in, in July, <laughs> yeah. or trying to balance school and basketball and now potentially a week-long trip to New York? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just excited to be a dad. That's going to be great. It is, <laughs> it is stressful uh, to a certain degree, knowing that <laughs> I'm going to be taking care of someone. But my wife's the best. She's a, she'll, she'll be a great mom, so I have a lot of comfort in that. So maybe it's harder with school because I'm pretty confident my wife can, can handle it. So. All right, man. Well, we're going to answer, by the way. Yeah, we're going to give nice. Kelly, yeah, that's Kelly's right. paying <laughs> well attention. Done. Well done. Hopefully she's that. watching somewhere. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> we're going to give you a dose of the BYUSN karma where you can you can apply it however you may need it in all of your different adventures <laughs> okay. in life right now. Kyle, great to have you. Congratulations on the trip to the Final Four. Thanks so much. Thank you. Kyle Davis with us from BYU Basketball. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night in your minds? Use the hashtag BYUSN at VAR underscore Black says... 
Kyle Collins was sitting on the bench after the game, taking it all in for the last time. Shows how much BYU meant to him. Up next, All-American swimmer Jake Taylor joins us from the NCAA Championships. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, you know the drill. Rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Join BYU Sports Nation on Saturday. Another special edition on Saturday coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern Time after the football scrimmage. It is a spring special on BYU TV. We're going to have highlights from the game plus interviews with players and coaches, including head coach Kalani Satake Fresh off of his celebration at the BYU Creighton game last night. Holy cow. The robot... <laughs> he was great. The robot is is epic. Dancing behind Jamal Williams together. Oh, so funny. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? Tweeting your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. Also impressive is BYU All-American swimmer Jake Taylor. He joins us now from the ATL. Jake, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you very much. I wish I could be in the studio, but I guess being in the hotel room on the phone is okay, too. you got to do some work in the South, man. That's right. That's right. I know you have an intense Watch schedule. Oh, yeah. You're, I, your schedule is intense. I know it because you've talked to me about it before, but what have you been doing today? How long have you been up? Utah time or Georgia time? <laughs> <laughs> we, we got up pretty early today to go swim this morning we got here on monday so we just kind of been uh swimming in the mornings doing some school and eating in the afternoons and going back in the evenings to get used to the schedule of the morning prelims and final in the evenings so uh that's kind of where we're at right now the meet starts tomorrow and so we uh we got up i guess around seven georgia time five o'clock utah time which still feels like utah time since (laughs) here for And uh, just been doing homework and, and resting for this afternoon swim. Now, the BYU basketball game would have started at 9 o'clock in Atlanta. Did you stay up and watch the basketball game last night? Absolutely, yeah. From tip-off to finish. Not a boy, Jake! Awesome. Very nice. Yes, nicely done, Jake yeah. Taylor. I have priorities. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you get a nap at some point for making that uh, sacrifice to stay up and watch the Cougars get to the NIT Final Four. Uh, what's your schedule like in Atlanta in terms of competition and, and when do you race and how can we see it and all that stuff? Okay, so uh, prelims are in the morning. I don't think they're televised, uh, but they start at 10 o'clock, go to noon. And then in the evenings, every day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's from 6 to 8. And you can watch that online at ESPN3.com. And I think we just. Oh, we got Jake back. Oh, sorry, Jake. Jake, we lost you for a second. So ESPN, we lost you at ESPN three. You can watch the uh, the races on ESPN three, and then what? Oh, yeah. So ESPN three only in the evenings for the finals, and uh, I'm swimming in the very beginning of the very first event. I think it starts at six o'clock. Like I said, yeah, until about four o'clock Utah time. Um, but it's going to be great because. I think I have a really good opportunity to get top three in two of my three events. The third event, I'm hoping top eight. So So just to to clarify, 
that means if you finish in the top eight, you are designated as an All-American. Jake wanting to finish in the top three of his two events. Jake, are you still there? Okay, yes. we're okay. Yeah, so Jake, Jake's it's okay. Jake's back with us again. What events are you competing in specifically, and which ones do you feel like you can finish in the top three in? Okay, so Thursday I'm swimming the 200 IM. Friday the 200 or the 100 back, and then Saturday the 200 back. Now um, I'm ranked the same in the 100 and 200 back, and so I think those are my the highest potential to score big. Um, I think my best race is probably the 100 back. Uh, both events I got fourth last year, but I've been making some huge adjustments to my stroke and to some of my technique. I've gone a lot faster, and so I feel like uh, the backstrokes are definitely where I'm going to score big, hopefully get top three. And then the IM, um, that's that's been my weaker of the, my three events, but this year I've been working a lot on my breaststroke pullouts and my turns. And the, and the stroke, and I've gotten, I've dropped a couple seconds in the 50 of the breaststroke of the 200 IM there, and so um, that one, my goal is just to get top eight and, and see what happens from there. We had this discussion earlier today in our production meeting because anytime, uh, and, and I was a swimmer in high school. By no means am I comparing what I did in high school <laughs> <laughs> to what you're doing now by by any stretch of the imagination. But invariably, when you talk about swimmers, the the Topic of, of body hair gets brought up. <laughs> so, true or false, have you ever used Nair to remove hair? <laughs> oh, of, oh co- of course it, it would cut out right, right now. now. <laughs> of course it would cut out right now. We're <laughs> hanging on the edges of our seats. Jake, when you get back with us, let us... Oh, he's, we, lo- we lost him. He didn't have to answer that question. <laughs> ah, Can I answer for myself? I never did it. There was, hey, you know what? Peer pressure. I did not give in to the peer pressure. Boo. <laughs> I love, he'll be like, oh, sorry, guys, I lost you. Couldn't, couldn't answer that question. I told you, there's Jake, a 90% chance he we has. We are going to ask that question again. There's no <laughs> dodging it. We're coming back with it. But how cool is that? Wanting to finish in the top three has gotten a lot better. Watch Jake compete ESPN3.com Thursday, Friday, Saturday, swimming in Atlanta. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around hits. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason, what should we do? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Men's hoops beat Creighton last night at the Marriott Center 88-82. Five Cougars scored in double figures with Zach Selius leading the way with 19 points, which included five of six from three. All of his shots were from three-point range. BYU's win over Creighton sends the Cougars to the NIT Final Four in Madison Square Garden in New York next Tuesday night against Valparaiso. A game can be seen on ESPN. Football. BYU head coach Kalani Satake said that both Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams will participate in Saturday's football scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU Sports Nation getting ready for a spring game special. Hour-long Saturday, 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain, post-game scrimmage interviews and highlights from the Cougars back in LES. Softball. BYU beat Utah Valley yesterday 8-0 in the home opener at Gale Miller Field. The Cougars scored in all five innings in the Mercy Rule shortened game, which allowed one Spencer Linton to make it to the basketball Thank game. you to Coach Eakin, <laughs> and specifically to the ladies and to McKenna Bull, who had the BYU Sports Nation karma. She threw a shutout, struck out seven, only gave up two hits. Really, really well done, allowing me 
to get to the Marriott <laughs> Center and see most of the NIT game last night. Uh, don't we have another football headline? Countdown to the Wildcats. 164. It's so different going from you to Jerem. <laughs> I'm all in. Uh, I am just, buying in 100%. Like, I... I kind of forget. I'm like, wait, is, are they going to say it with me today, or am I? Do I need to be extra loud because I'm solo, or like, is there going to be an air horn, or is there going to be some sort of like really annoying sound that Jerem makes? See, my son Bo, who I know is watching right now on BYU TV, he loves when we get to the countdown of the Wildcats because he likes to say it along. But now, anytime he sees an A, he thinks it's the countdown of the Wildcats for Arizona. <laughs> so. He loves it. He he's loves being the, trained in the right he loves, ways. He's he's the anti Jerem Jordan. He loves the countdown. <laughs> 164 days before BYU football takes the field in an actual game against competition against Arizona in Glendale. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to the three BYU basketball seniors going out with the win last night in the NIT quarterfinals. Kyle Collins with Chase Fisher and Nate Austin. Our Twitter question today. What was the most impressive aspect of BYU's win last night? Let's get some of your tweets in. You got tweets. Love this from at jtracy2511. Says, being 12 down, Kyle Collinsworth not 100%, Chase Fisher and Nick Emery only with four points combined at halftime, and BYU led at half. Hashtag never give up. If you're Creighton and you had had that great start, you're up by 12, and you know that BYU's not at full strength to start the game, and you're trailing at, at halftime, it's like, what do you, what do you think? You were you were in big big trouble at that point at Twiggy or Stone Celius. They're going to miss him already. Clutch at a young age. The defensive adjustments from the coaching staff as well. At Big Rush of Five, by the way, says the dragon is still in his lair <laughs> hibernating. <laughs> Get some rest, Kyle. <laughs> Elite tweet of the day at MB Craig the Zach attack. Sell yes. That and seeing the Cougars figure out how to lead without Big Rush on the floor. Thanks to our guest today. To Jason for joining me in Studio B and putting up with my antics. Download the podcast on iTunes. Shout out to Eric Wood.